In association with the Omniverse Comics Guide, this is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from around the world. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 311. We are back. David Molyneux, how you doing, my friend? Um, yeah, pretty good, thanks, dude. Pretty good. How are you? I'm swell. <laughs> Does anyone say that, swell? I always think of Christopher Reeve in Superman, where they look at him funny when he, he says that his first day was swell. Swell? Who is this Did guy? I? Yeah, it's kind of like the inside I joke it, that they have amongst themselves. I think it grows point blank. You know when they can go back to he's gonna he gets invited back to his um uh, college thing the ten year reunion but he's a hitman so he's not sure if he should go it's John Cusack right and then he says to his uh, assistant basically so like did you go and she goes yeah and he goes how was it he goes it looked like everyone had swelled <laughs> uh, now I haven't seen that movie before I should oh I loved it yeah you did mention it's, that it's okay, one of my favorites it's, it's not amazing but I do love it. Yeah, but those are the best movies, though. The ones where people who recognize it's not the greatest, but it's, if you know, you know. You get a lot mm-hmm. of those from that era. Yeah, it's Cusack. He can't, most of his films are like that. Yeah. I watched um, Usual Suspects recently. My wife had it on. And even though I, I've seen it before, have you seen it, Usual Suspects? Yeah. Did you like it? I have. Weirdly, it's one of those films where... Whenever I watch it, I've watched it a few times, but I alternate how I feel every single time. Mm-hmm. So I like it, don't like it, like it, don't like it. Yeah. And it's it, it it's the same thing when I watch it. I'm like, this does show its age, but there are very interesting performances that are unique. And those little moments that were the first time, like, oh, that's cool. They always have a nostalgia <laughs> On the it's like, man, isn't that cool? Remember the first time you saw that? It you always watch it like that, uh-huh. and uh, it's, it's kind of iconic. Yeah, it really is. It's funny because I felt jipped by the ending. I think the first time. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say what it is in case someone hasn't seen it, but like I felt like I felt. Uh, it's hard to say without explaining, but I felt jipped. It's like, well, how can you know? I feel like you pulled the rug in a in a a bad way, but yeah. I can't explain what changed my mind then the second time. <laughs> but I think part of it as well, like if you watch little making of bits and you understand why certain things happen, like Benicio Del Toro's accent. Um, yeah, I always wondered that. He's got this bizarre accent. Yeah, and he always, I never really can, in all of his roles, can never pin him. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> he just seems so unique. Yeah. And when you see him show up in a role, it's like, yeah, he does seem like he's from outer space. When you see him in Marvel, it's like he is from outer space. But then you see him with Johnny Depp in uh, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It's a sidekick, right? Yeah. And yeah, that's, but that's exactly who he is too. He's just, that's, that's, I guess that's acting. Yeah. Yeah, that's Benicio Del Toro to me. But he does. He does seem to like play completely different people. Yeah. But you he always fits Yeah. That person. He buys it. Yeah. Every yeah. time. 
apart from when he was the Wolfman. When was he the Wolfman? When was he the Wolfman? They were going to do. I, I wasn't sure. If, I think. Um, what's it? What were they called the, when they did the black and whites and they they tried to bring them back? And I think they were going to do oh. all the class MGM. I think it was or something. All the classic monster films. And they did him as a wolfman, and it's like, this is kind of, um, what's happening here? It's almost, he was a strange fit for that one. Mm. That's the only time I've kind of gone, bye. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't think of anything that I, that, that's like a favorite movie of mine that stars him, but I'm always captivated when he's on the screen. I don't know why, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So we're doing a 10 question. Round again. <laughs> I, we're going to go on a tangent of Benicio Del Toro that's completely unnecessary. <laughs> so I have to cut <laughs> and get to what we're here to do. And these are, these are uh, fun segments because they, they go into different branches and tangents that we, we didn't maybe intend to. And I'm not prepared for any of the questions you're asking me. It's just rapid fire, see what uh -huh. happens. Okay. We're turning the tables. It's the stuff that you sometimes do with other people. Yes. And this is me doing it with you. But are you kind of, I think you, you asked generally slightly slightly more sensible questions, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> These are more fun, though. I, you know what? I want to get to a point where I can have return guests where we can just do that. It doesn't matter what you have coming out or promoting. Let's just chat and shoot the shit, ask dumb questions. That really we don't want to hear about your comic that you're working no, on. Yeah, because sometimes the personality makes you want to read their yeah. stuff. It's like, Absolutely, I like that yeah. guy. Like, I'll read that just because I like that guy now. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's happened to me a number of times. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. All right. So should we shoot? Let's go. Okay. I'm going to open kind of left field here with uh, question one. Okay. So can you tell me a comic artist you didn't like as a kid that you love now? <clears throat> An artist I didn't like? There's definitely some. I didn't like as a kid, but I really like now. Hmm. Because you could cheat. It could be because like their styles changed over time, or it could be you looking <coughs> back on their stuff and going, actually, that's very good. I think an example that comes to mind as, as a, an artist who I didn't see the big deal until it grew on me and to the point where I just have a soft spot and preference for it, and it might be John Romita Jr. Oh, okay. And it's not to say that I didn't like his stuff ever, but it became something where I see it, and I'm like, yeah, this is good. Like, this is Marvel Comics. Like, give me a bag of popcorn. <laughs> Marvel, isn't he? Like, he, he's... <clears throat> yeah. Open him up, and it says Marvel inside. Yeah. And, it, and you recognize his Thor. It's like, yeah. That's that's Thor. I, I buy it. I could see that character. You see his uh, Spider-Man. It's like, definitely, that is Spider-Man. He really captures it, both in the 80s and then when he returns to it in the later 90s and 2000s. You just buy him drawing those characters. Yeah. It's I, weird. I don't think there's a... Is there a major character he hasn't drawn? No. I can't I think... I actually can't think of one. He's done Hulk, Spider-Man, Thor, Captain America. <coughs> Excuse me. Did I say Iron Man? He's done X-Men. Yep. He's Avengers. done every Ghost Rider. Black Punisher. Panther. Black Panther, yeah. Daredevil. 
Uh-huh. Um, I mean, really, there isn't anybody he hasn't done. No, he's pretty much hit everyone. Um, maybe Did he do Silver Surfer? Maybe he hasn't done Silver Surfer. Maybe not a run, but he's definitely no. drawn them. Yeah, he did. He did in the Daredevil run right at the end of the, the bit where Daredevil goes to hell. And I think even with Thor. Yeah. He's definitely drawn him, but I, can't, I think he hasn't. For, to my knowledge, I don't think he's done a run on, on him. Yeah, no, I, I can't. In my mind, he's just, there's maybe, I'm trying to think of an artist that come when I see it, that old Marvel. Jack Kirby, John Romita Jr. Mark Bagley. Yes. 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 That's a great pick. How do you feel about Mark Bagley? Um, I think he's a great storyteller. Sometimes his, he does the odd kind of, I don't, I don't even want to say it because it seems mean, but he does the odd wonky panel or wonky face or something, you know, and you, but I mean, he's so fast and I think he is a genuinely good, well-paced storyteller. Like he's really, really honed his craft and like he can do a couple of books a month as well. You're like, how? Because the detail's there, you know? Not like massively detailed, but there's enough for it to look really nice. And like that whole run of Ultimate Spider-Man rock my world. So I, I'm happy with it. If he's on a series, I'm, I'm for the most part, I'm happy. Thunderbolts, Spider-Man, New Warriors. You can't really go wrong with him, really. I, I, I think there may be a title or two that he's done that I've gone, it doesn't feel quite right for this, but not many. He does bring his game. Yeah, and the consistency. There's a, you know what you're gonna get. It's gonna be quality. There's gonna mm-hmm. be he. There won't be any shortcuts yep. in the work. Uh, you may not like particularly all of his figures or his style, but it's there's a consistency to it. It's just like how, you, it's brilliant. You have to really give it up to a guy who's who sticks around on a run. Like he'll give yeah. you a long term of quality work. The Ultimate Spider-Man run in and of itself is an amazing body of work, but he did something equivalent to that with Thunderbolts and yeah. New Warriors. Like they're and amazing Spider-Man. It's it's funny because like you can see almost like a friend's influence in his artwork and the way that he does some of his panels and his reactions, but his stuff is very, very emotive. Like, you know, it's when, when Peter Parker's upset for whatever reason in ultimate Spider-Man, you feel it. It's he, he's, um, I think he's underrated. I mean, the thing is it was Stuart Eminem took over. I love Stuart Eminem. So don't make me choose between the two. That's harsh. But, um, Bagley got it. You, I was in with that character. You know, you kind of wonder how he's doing, between storylines and you know I want to catch up I want to get the next issue and find out what happens because like he's he's selling me on this so I think he's he's got the skills yeah and whenever he's like I I don't know if he no I can't I think of Alan Davis their styles kind of have a similar flow a little bit so I was just imagining the Avengers run where Alan Davis jumped on during the Kurt Busiek era. Oh, yeah. I confused it for Mark Bagley. I'm not sure why. Maybe he was in involved in one of the miniseries in one of those collections. Oh, like well, his... yeah, because he did the Thunderbolt stuff and they did some crossovers. Yeah, 
yeah, that's what, probably what it is. But again, it's just quality. But, John, yeah. but that, to answer your question would be John Romita Jr. Maybe. Nice. Nice choice. Yeah. I, um, I, I'd choose Bill Senkovich because when I was a kid, I, I was quite freaked out by his new mutant stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good um, one too. But yeah, looking back, I really love that Demon Bear saga stuff and the Legion. Like looking, even like Electro Assassin to me was freaky as hell. But now I just I, I like that. <laughs> I like getting freaky. You know what? You know what also comes to mind. Um, I wasn't young. Maybe is like what fifteen years old. I guess I remember seeing Ed McGinnis drawing Superman, and I didn't like it. Oh, I had picked up a comic book. And I had dipped into a store just to see kind of like what's on the shelf these days. Because I never was a avid collector, but I loved it. I wished I was an avid collector kind of kid. So I would yeah. always go into a comic book shop whenever I'd find one and try to buy something. So I went in and I saw McGinnis drawing Superman. I'm like, ah, oh, what happened? Like, what's going on? What kind of art is this? It was so different to me. But now I love it when I see it. Yeah. I love his Superman. It's I think great. it looks right to me. I know there's probably people that don't like it, and fair enough, whatever. But I really like it. It's it's almost got that iconic status to me. Like like if they run an image of Superman, it's McGinnis. It feels right. It kind yeah. of feels exaggerated enough. Yeah. No, I think he's great for it. I love I love Ed McGinnis. Generally speaking, if he's on a book, I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to look at. Bold. I think as an adult, and when I got really back into comics in 2012-ish, just before I started the podcast, I, I read so much. I, I jumped so deep into like reading back catalog and new things that things I never thought I would like became, well, you know what, I'll answer, th- this is the real answer, and it kind, of fits, it kind of fits in with John Romita Jr., and you'll see why. It would probably be Frank Miller. I thought his oh. Dark Knight Returns was so weird looking. But then when I read it as an adult, I said, I, I appreciate what he's doing because I actually read the, his Daredevil stuff. Yeah. So I could see the evolution of his art by the time he does Batman and why okay. he drew it like that. So I'm like, now I can, I see why people resonated with this at the time. Cool. <clears throat> and that kind of they, they kind of have a similar style, right? Ramita Jr., Frank Miller. There, there's a. You could well, I think it's the, probably the 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 close close Jansen, Klaus Jansen. Yeah, exactly. Well, so. There's a crossing yeah. over there. Yeah, and you can see it now that you you understand both of, and they're good storytellers as well. But I think both of them are good at the weather effect, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Well, actually, I do kind of. I can't get over that Dark Knight Returns cover with Batman looking like he's trapped in a cupboard. <laughs> I should let you finish drinking. That's so funny because I know exactly the image you're referring to. <laughs> yeah, but but now I I understand uh, even where like other artists, for instance, like Jim Lee, kind of based his cowl. A little more Frank Miller, like he said, like he didn't make yeah. the ears super big. So I, I started to see, oh, like these guys are, I can see now what they mean. I appreciated the art form differently. 
to cool. a long answer. Sorry about that. That's, that's good answer. It's a good answer. We'll, we'll jump into two. Okay. Um, <laughs> so if you could pull something out of your thigh like Robocop, what would it be? <sighs> Man. Probably, I, I don't know. Probably a gun? <laughs> Just for protect, like, what would I want to have kept in my hip for? Uh, I don't know. Probably a, 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 huh? How imaginative are we getting here, Dave? <laughs> it's up to you. I probably want a place where I could carry my book. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I can understand that. That's actually pretty handy. That's the you nerd really in me is like, I'd love there, a place though. where I could like carry like a book there and it wouldn't be cumbersome. Like that'd be cool, but that wouldn't help if ever I was in trouble and it would be good to like have a Robocop moment. What would you put? Like what comes to your mind? Do you face Um, I'd probably, I, I think I'd like to put like an Oscar or a golden globe in there. So, um, if I was being really sarcastic, I could give someone an award like that, but <laughs> also doubles as a weapon. Imagine being hit by a golden globe like that. That's gonna cane. That's a good answer. That's a way better answer than my stupid book or gun. I don't know. I'd rather have the book, but saying that, thing is, if someone's done a really good job, you could give them a give them a golden glow. Boom. But I don't know how many I could get in my thigh. I mean, I've got fairly big thighs, but I could probably still only get one. Yeah, I think it probably maybe one. Yeah, maybe well, an Oscar. The Golden Globe would. Be kind of awkward after a while. Yeah, it could double as your knee, but then your leg would fall off when you take it out. <laughs> okay. So, number three is what's the who's the best secondary Simpsons character? You know what? I am not well versed in Simpsons. I wasn't allowed to watch it not? as a kid. Oh wow! My parents were like, "No, it's going to give you an attitude." He gives his dad attitude. <laughs> I'm like, really? Ah, I could watch Seinfeld, but I wasn't able to watch The Simpsons for some reason. It was just that sort of stigma behind it when I was that ripe age of like when you would start watching it. Yeah. So I just watched other stuff most of the time. And I I know The Simpsons and I know the characters, but I was never like... When people say, you remember that Simpsons episode where this and this happens? I'm like, no, I don't. Damn. Yeah. But... That secondary Simpsons character? I would have said Apu. Yeah? It was, it was funny. It's great. I love the one where this might mean nothing. Homer catches him cheating sorry. on his wife. Wait, and, who is? Oh. Homer Simpson catches Apu cheating on his wife. But the way he reacts is he basically just walks backwards from the door and then the continue, he continues to walk backwards for about the next five minutes. <laughs> In different situations, but continuing like, with the same facial expression and, and the same hands, <laughs> and he just walks backwards, and it goes on for so long that like it just it hurts. It was that was funny. That was it's not technically a poo. That's the Homer thing, but yeah, that's the, that's <laughs> but, the bit that goes through then. But it, it, I do recognize having said all of that about not knowing The Simpsons. I do recognize the brilliance of it when I would watch it. I'm like, I see, I get it. That's good. I understand the cultural significance of it. If I went to another planet, it would be one of those things that I would bring with me and be like, this was something very important on Earth. 
for a long time. Everybody watched yeah, a very this. Long time. Is it still going? I don't know, but it's does it matter? It's like, how do they keep coming up with this stuff? Yeah, the thing is, I haven't seen it in about fifteen years. But like, I mean, <clears throat> my favorite character, secondary character, the um, the actor was shot, so he's just he's appeared in the background ever since then. He doesn't actually speak anymore, which is uh, Lionel Hutz, the the lawyer. Don't so know. he's he's basically the he's a, the worst lawyer ever, um, and he says things like, "Oh no, we're drawing Judge Snyder." And they go like, "Is that bad?" He goes, "Well, he's always had an issue with me ever since I uh, accidentally ran over his dog." And they're kind of like, "Did you did?" They go, "Well, re- replace the word accidentally with the word repeatedly, and the word dog with son." <laughs> <laughs> See, even secondhand, it's hilarious. <laughs> And your impression's good, too. <laughs> I could probably work on it. Uh, I used to do bad. a ton of the impressions, but I'm not, I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else is a good secondary character, though? Like, who would you say is the main character? The family? Strictly yeah. the family? Yeah, say it's the family. I mean, even even with Abe is probably up there. And then, then probably after, I think secondary kind of begins around Barney, Moe. Um, Chief Wiggum. I think Flanders is pretty great as well, just because you can under you can mimic that character or understand that character in so many ways. Like we can all we've all met that guy <laughs> in life, you know, and at times may have lived next door to that guy. Or when they do it in another movie. Where yeah. that they can make that same character really funny, you realize the brilliance of a Ned Flanders, like him being around. It's it's just him being pushed and put, when he snaps and he's kind of goes ding dang diddly diddle diddly diddly, diddly and he's trying to keep his his shit together and he just can't. You're like that's how long is this going to go on for? Where he's trying to say that, and he just you know, I feel bad for him, but like at the same time he is one of those people like where everything's just gone so well. You do kind of not like him, but you do like him because he's a nice guy. Like, yeah, it's just such a mix of emotions. Yeah, he's just a genuine. He's a genuine neighbor, but it's just like ah, oh, get out of here. God damn it. So he's he's a great character too. Yeah. That's good call. Um so question four. Okay. Can you tell me a comic or book that you no longer own that you miss terribly? Oh man. That I miss terribly. <sighs> or for comics, we could even say a run of comics if, if you if you want. Man, it's not coming to me now because I think I've, whatever that could have been, I might have replaced it because mm-hmm. I've lost. So the answer would have been very lame, would have been invincible because I did at one point have those and then I sold them, the yeah. hardcovers, and then I bought the compendiums because I just right. needed to read them again. So that would have been the answer previously. Because I almost was like, man, I missed those books <laughs> pretty soon after. But I can't think of anything right now that is in that category. Weirdly, I, I'm regretted. I gave mine away, first two, Invincible Hardcovers. Because I thought, like, I'm never going to catch up. But it was on, like, volume five. I'm never going to catch up. I'm three books down. And I really 
wish I kept them kept it going so I kind of have a similar answer but also I had, I had a really nice copy of Parable the Stanley Mobius okay book. yes um, it was lovely but it's like it wasn't oversized but it was this white perfect looking it's quite glossy I don't normally like glossy but it was quite nice um, this white book which Silver Surfer's head and it was and he took off the dust cover and it was really white and it just kind of glowed and it felt right for the Silver Surfer and for ages, like, I'd think about it every so often and go, damn it, why did I sell that book? Although I actually got the gallery edition last year and I read it and uh, it was awful. So I was quite, I didn't mind anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are those moments too where it's like, oh, it wasn't that good after all. Because, hmm, I know I'm going to think of this question and regret it later. I'm like, damn it. That is the answer. But it's not coming to me now. Sorry. That's all right. It's all right. So now let's tell you what you can always come back to it in a bit. I might yeah. jump back and um, I haven't numbered these, so I'm trying to remember what. So basically, remember last time I gave you some character names and asked you to pronounce them. Uh huh. <laughs> um, we're going to do that again. So I've got three for you for question five. Okay. Okay. These are. Um, and they're coming to you via the WhatsApps. WhatsApp. We're not promoted by WhatsApp. Okay, I say Dakin. Okay. You? Apparently it's Darken. Darken. Yeah, because there's no A sound in Japanese. And he's... Yeah, that makes sense. I think I've, I was saying in my head, I'm like, Darken. I'll just go, like, I just, in my, if I were to read it, I would probably in my head say Dakin, Dakin, Dakin. He was Dakin to me for ages. And then I saw this video where someone was going, yeah, there's no, there's no a sound in japanese and i'm like oh crap so he's dark and all so he is dark wolverine darken darken yeah yeah i'm cool with that sounds cooler yeah i guess maybe i kind of like taking that yeah they both work <laughs> they're both kind of they both have a sinister feel to them it's a good name they do it's good name so number uh this is 5b okay can you pronounce this group so they're, they're Marvel villains. Magia. Ah. Is that how you say it? <laughs> That's how I would say it. Just thinking, because um, they're trying to say mafia. They are. And the two Gs <laughs> in Italian, like for Maggio. Right? Ah. So Magia, That's I would think that in my head. That's probably the closest the most accurate answer. For years, I'd call them the, the, the Magia or the Magia, and I didn't like the name because I didn't like that sound, but I gave it that sound, so I'm an idiot. But it could, that's the other thing, like Magia. So I just kind of gave it a bit of an Italian spin, Magia. So that's the thing. In England, we'd say Mafia. Yeah. Did you say Mafia? Yeah, you do say Mafia. Yeah, it was, in, it was Mafia. In, in like an English... With it, with an American or whatever. Yeah. Ness. <laughs> the mafia. Okay. But yeah, it's only more recently I've started calling them by what's probably their correct name. But don't ask me to say it now, because uh, I can't. <laughs> okay. Um. Last one. Okay. Okay. I'll save the best for last. Yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Here it comes. Ah, I know how to say this. Do you do? I do. 
Do you believe me? Or do you think I'm going to hear it? Okay. Mr. Mixies Pitalik. Mixies Pitalik. Mixies Pitalik. Mixies Pitalik. Uh, okay. That's that's <laughs> how it's it was phonetically spelt out in an issue. They did. Ah, uh, yeah, they did. Mixies Pitalik. It's funny though because like even phonetically, if you've got a different accent, it doesn't necessarily. Like, I read it a different way, you know? So I've, I've always been calling him just Mr. Mixes Pitlick. That's how I would say it, too. If I was yeah. reading it, I would call him... I would say... Uh, Mix-a-plick. When I was a kid, I would say <laughs> Mr. Mix-a-plick. Uh-huh. And everyone knew who you were talking about, because no one really knew. <laughs> Mr. Mix-a-plick. Right? But, it's a nightmare of a character name to introduce. That's just to be annoying, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think um, Howie Mandel played him on the Lois and Clark New Adventures of Superman show. For Wasn't an he like a full man? Yeah, he did. They just they just made the they they cast people that kind of fit the sort of description that the character would be. Okay. Because it was very like nineties more to try to make it like a procedural reporter show with Superman at the end. Mm-hmm. Like did did they do a storyline where he messes with Dean Kane's teeth? No. <laughs> they did not mess with Dean Kane's teeth. Make them slightly less white. He was Superman. He I will say he was a horrible Superman, but I did <laughs> I did like <laughs> It, you couldn't really be Superman with. I wasn't expecting with, that. Pardon? I wasn't expecting that. He, but I, I did think he embodied Clark Kent as well as you could. Like when he was Clark Kent, you could see that guy also being Superman. But when they, when he became Superman, it was like, oh brother. <laughs> it was you know, but whatever. It was they fun just as a too kid. Too similar to me. He he looked too kind of pretty. More than anything to me, to be Clark Kent. Yeah, but he didn't look, but he had a unique look to him. If that makes sense. I mean, yeah. I just, I just you just want to punch him in the teeth. I really wanted to smack him. But, but <sighs> I, I brought that show up because I think he pronounces it in the show. And that might have been the he? first time. Oh, I'm like, of that's how you say it. Is he in the animated series? Yes. The 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 um, Paul Dini was it Paul Dini? God, I forgot, I forgot his name now. Bruce Tim Paul Dini. Bruce Tim yeah. Paul Dini. That was a good show. That was a really good. Yeah, show. That was good. That was fun. I yeah. like that. Yeah. I'm gonna buy that now. <laughs> I ha- yeah, those were DVDs. I was I was happy when they came out. It was exciting. <sighs> and again, fine. Damn it! How does we're not even talking about this stuff and recommendations, and it's costing me money. I know. I want to watch it. See, that's what happens. These are these are the fun ones because you don't know where you end up. This is true. Well, let's see where you end up with question six. Okay. It's quite it's quite a quick one to be fair. Well, it might be. <laughs> Never know with me. This is true. So, Flash Gordon or the Rocketeer? I don't know either of them very well, but I would probably pick the Rocketeer because I own that movie. Do you? Yes. 
And it's it's got like a nice little 90s throwback charm to it. Was it 90s? Yeah, I guess it was 90s, wasn't it? Yeah. I think I saw it, but I don't remember it very well. I'm not a big fan of um, Roger... No, what's his name? Timothy Dalton. Yeah. He's a little lame. Yeah. But he's, he's good in Hot Fuzz, but that's the only film I like him in, I think. <laughs> he's such a weird Bond. I've only ever seen, like, two James Bond films. And he was... It was his? One of them... One was George Lazenby, which is like, you know, he's one. Whoa. And then another one was... Oh, no, it was Pierce Brosnan. I, did, I just can't... I can't... Oh, no, I've seen about three because I saw one Sean Connery one and it was like the last one he did, which isn't official. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Everyone. I don't. I never really liked that, those films. Um, I will say the, uh, the Daniel Craig movies are not like those ones, but they, they're kind of like the Dark Knight of James Bond. Okay, they're, yeah, that makes sense. They're, they're good. I've watched some of one. Okay. But I forgot I was watching it and walked out. He he was uh he was a very interesting pick for the character and really defied what like he changed your perception of like wow, you can cast someone that you wouldn't have expected and buy it if it's done right. Mm. And he's it got had weird to... weird eyes though, isn't he? Yeah. Like he, they freak me out. It's like the start of the Incredible Hulk TV show. His eyes used to freak me out. So like, <laughs> Daniel Craig does the same. I don't want him to look at me. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little. It's, run upstairs it's always in intense. Yeah, it's it's always intense. Now I want to watch the James Bond movies. Okay. <laughs> Instantly, my choice there is Flash Gordon because I watched that as a kid, but as an adult, when I watched it, I realized how porny it is. I and I've never had. I only have flashes of it in my head, so I don't have <laughs> enough. I don't have enough of like a library to have any connection to it, but I have I have more of that with Rocketeer. It's really weird. It's a really strange film. Plus, like the the theme tune is great. I saw Tenacious D play that live. Huh. Um, but it's just that whole thing of what was it? Flash, I love you, but we only have fourteen hours to save the Earth. Like, what a weird line that is. <laughs> so the Flash Gordon movie is the one you're referring to, where like Queen is on the soundtrack, like that. Yeah, the okay. Queen one. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, it's weird. Okay. But Ming's daughter, I used to have a bit of a thing for when I was younger. Um, We seem to go into that territory every time as well. (laughs) (laughs) When I was a kid. So, um, speaking of territories, we go into a lot. Um, Number seven, would you rather be mutated into MODOK or the Parasite? So, in other words, would you rather have a bulbous head or a purple veiny girth? Purple baby... Did you say purple baby girth? Purple veiny girth. <laughs> Moda... Uh, I, I, I think the parasite. Because... It never seems like Modoc is... Neither of them seem satisfied, but at least there's moments where the parasite feels a sense of pleasure. Like, ah, like that feels good. Where it doesn't look like, like that a- ever happens to Modoc. When Harry met Sally, kind of pleasure. <laughs> Imagine switching Meg Ryan around for the parasite in that scene, right? <laughs> that's and that's you. I have he, what he's having, right? That's what at least there's moments in his life where he feels something. 
pleasurable, whereas Modoc looks like he's just got hemorrhoids all the time. <laughs> right? That's why like he's, oh, he needs something I to carry Modoc, him. Though. I love him. When, when I left, no, my mate left um, <clears throat> where I was working before, and he he got me a carry case. Um, this little, it's almost like a pet carry case. There was a load of straw in it when I opened it and it had a little picture of a baby Modoc on it that he'd made. And I opened it up and there was the Modoc builder figure from the Marvel Legends. It was just such a cool present because I, I love Modoc so much. Why do you like him so much? He's just so weird. I love those <laughs> Kirby villains, you know, where they're just so strange and you're kind of going, how does that even work? Like, how does he wipe? It's just, you can't not think about it. Yeah. You know, the practicality of it all is just, because surely his, the weight of his head should be crushing his body and he should be dead immediately. Yeah, there's, what is it, like, the imagination that Kirby had and just the way he made everything look, you, you don't even care if you read it, you just want to look at it. Yeah. And, and it's, the, when, he's, when it's villains, he just goes to town and you yeah. really want to just see his, his designs. And those machines, there's just something to it where... It it feels more than comic art, even though it's ex- it's exactly that. It's the purest form of comic art when you see like Kirby draw machines. That's the thing. He's a machine. Modok is a machine mixed with a freaky looking villain. Yeah, he's perfect. Yeah, I think he's probably my favorite Kirby villain. Cool. Even though he's been a bit of a joke for a few years, but hey, it's all good. I still love him. <laughs> so number eight. Okay. Um, <clears throat> kind of relates back to the punchable Dean Kane thing. <laughs> um, who's the most punchable TV villain? Punchable TV villain. Yeah. Oh man. Um, TV villain. Could you? I'm gonna go with. Well, if you want, but pardon. No, go on, go on. You're gonna. I'm answer. gonna go with. I'm gonna go with. Uh, kind of a lame one, but villain in the sense of the the way that that show particularly is structured. But Newman from Seinfeld. I don't know who that is. He's the. Um, I think his name is Wayne Knight. You've seen him in a bunch of things, and he's always been that character. Oh my that, god! Yes. Like he's in Jurassic Park. Exactly. He's just always a guy you want to knock out. Like when his <laughs> character dies or when something happens to his character, you never feel oh poor guy. It's like that guy is a shit. That's so true. Right? And and it's the, the ongoing joke where people wanna just hear Jerry Seinfeld say, Hello, Newman. Like He's obnoxious. No one can stand him. Yeah. Newman, he's punchable. How about you? Yeah. What comes to your I, mind? Oh, God. Mine's probably, funny enough, I think my answer would have been a quite obvious Joffrey from Game of Thrones, who I feel really bad for, because actually he's probably a really nice guy in real life, but my God, you just want to smack that kid. <laughs> um, but you're meant to hate him, like, but he's just so horrific that you just, oh, my, you're willing him to be dead. Um you know but who I feel that for? Sure. I feel that that same way for Jesse Eisenberg in pretty much any role. <laughs> Whether he's good guy or bad guy. <laughs> he's just, I, oh, he's so annoying. He is annoying. 
Um, but have, have you seen Battlestar Galactica? No. The TV, the, the, the more modern TV series? No, I haven't. See, I didn't want to watch it. And then someone kind of made me, someone's going out with years ago, made me watch it. I'm going like, all right, go on. And um, it was a different twist. It was like, it was that kind of secret invasion twist to it. But there's an English guy in that. I don't know if he's actually English or if he's being American playing an English person, which is normally more annoying. Um, but, oh, he's he's irritating. He's just, oh. They, it's good casting, man, when they pick someone that, you know, you can hate so easily. <laughs> yeah. Um, I... Uh, a character that was very easy to hate was um, oh, names not coming to mind, but the from Sna- Snape from oh um 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 oh no I'm blanking from Die the guy from Die Hard, Die Hard. exactly Why can't I think of his name it's ridiculous he do, like he's a wonderful actor yeah Sheriff of Nottingham like. Oh God! Yeah, he was in Robin Hood. I couldn't stand him. He's a wonderful but villain. In um, just in Harry Potter or or um, in in just whenever you see him, it's just like his the, the look of disdain that's on that actor's face just naturally. What's his name? Yeah. Let's come on. Alan Rickman. There, thank you. Oh boy, he deserves all the all the, the credit. He's a great actor, and he's funny when he needs to be funny. He has that timing. Yeah, I think if I could em- emulate an actor's voice, like a real person's voice, just for him, not permanently, just just as an impression, it would be him and Christopher Walken. I'd love to be able to do those those two voices. What? Yeah, there's something so unique. Everyone feels that way about those two, right? Yeah. Everyone wa- funny, yeah. wants to be able to pull off a good walk-in. <laughs> and when everyone tries to, you say, yeah, I see it, but is that what he sounds like? It's hard, man. Well, it's you know so who's, distinctive. Who's really good is Kevin Spacey. He's incredible. At impressions. What, um, he does an impression. He's unbelievable. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah. If you if him and Jamie Foxx are unreal. They could just do anybody. Yeah, Anybody. Shit, I saw a video of Jamie Foxx doing a load of impressions. I had no idea. It's the first time I found out. He was, he was doing a lot of hip-hop people, wasn't he? He was doing uh, Dave Chappelle. He could do a spot-on Trump. He's just... He? Oh, he's he's unbelievable. I think he's probably the most naturally talented person alive right wow. now. Wow. Because he's a, a an Oscar-winning actor, a Grammy-winning uh, musician... He's a world-class comedian, stand-up comedian. Is he? He is. Yeah, that's where he. That's what he really started off as was a was a comedian. He oh. he was on In Living Color, the sketch show, and um, he was a stand-up. He had a number of specials, and then he transitioned into more some more dramatic roles. But yeah, he was comedy first. Didn't realize because that's the thing. Well, I saw him being interviewed on something, and he was talking about all the parties he used to go to, where like Kanye was there and all these different people, and like in hip hop. So he was doing impressions of all of all of them. Although he did, I think he did an impression of Robert Downey Jr. Oh, he's he's in, uh, tremendous, but Kevin Spacey's pretty good too. Okay, I'm gonna have to look him up. He does a good walk in. He does a good walk in. Damn. Mm-hmm. 
there there is a guy called Neil. Oh no, what's his name? He's an English comedian. I don't really, I don't really like him all that much. But um, ah, oh, ball bags. It's Neil. Neil. Oh, I'll think of it later. But he he does a, a perfect um, Alan Rickman impression. Yeah, there's there's something cool about impressions because it's an immediate like you can always make people laugh with it. But sometimes I feel when people lean on that as their whole shtick, it becomes kind of like, are you funny or is it the fact that you can imitate all the time? Do you know what? Do you know what? Along those lines, do you know what I find really weird is when you get someone like Seth MacFarlane on an interview thing and he does the voices for the characters that he came up with the voices for and when he uses that voice everyone goes crazy and you go like he invented that that's not <laughs> that's not a great impression that's the voice he decided to give that character yeah <laughs> yeah and it's just that people it's like it's like Mark Hamill when he goes into the Joker like yeah. it, it's that's to me that's incre- that's incredible voice acting although Mark they Hamill. did recently release um uh, some of Tim Curry's footage, basically, from that. Wow. That yeah. would have been on. There are similarities. For sure. He didn't want to veer too far off, apparently. But obviously, Mark Hamill took it to a whole other level. And he's, like, defined it forever. But, um, yeah, it was interesting to hear it. Because I think that's the first time. I think it's only recent then that it's that's come out. I was at a live event at a fan expo with Mark Hamill and um, Kevin Conroy. Thank you. With the Batman and the Joker, they did a panel together just talking about episodes and questions from the audience and this, that, and stories of making and acting together. And he broke into the Joker and there's screens up, right? So you can you can see even when he does the voice that he does, he's got to act it. He's got to become yeah. everything. The way he his eyes shape and he grins, like he really is the Joker in those moments. And uh-huh. and just going back to the Seth MacFarlane thing, like when he does the Joker, you're kind of like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To be fair, I think Mark Hamill at this point in time can do what he likes because like just because. He nails everything he ever does on social media as well. Oh yeah, he's a he's a favorite. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, shall we hit up question nine? Yes. Okay, this is a quick one. True or false? William Shatner. I don't even know what that means. True. Okay, question ten. Burn. <laughs> Or Claremont. <laughs> Burn or Claremont? In relation to X-Men or just... Burn or Claremont. Burn. Yeah? Yeah. For me. Why not Claremont? Why not Claremont? Hmm. Because I'll get the Claremont that I really like of the X-Men, which was with Burn. Like, I'll have the Dark Phoenix Saga and the... Uh, Days of Future Past and the Proteus, and you'll get a lot of good stuff. Not all the, not everything, but I'd rather get Burns Fantastic Four and Burns Superman, and all the other thing that Burns has. Yeah. Claremont would just be X Men. 
It was. I mean, I've, have you read any of his stuff outside of X-Men? I don't necessarily mean just recent X-Men. I just mean even around the time. Like, it's X-Men-related stuff. I never it's read his Fantastic Four. I read his, actually... Okay, so if I pick Burn, mm. I still get the Iron Fist. Which was good. <laughs> right? Oh, what, the 70s run? Yeah. Yeah. Which was good fun. And that's the two yeah. of them, right? And then I still get the Marvel team-up. That's the thing. The Marvel team-up stuff looked great. And the Iron Fist stuff definitely looked I need to. I haven't read that Iron Fist run yet. I'm, I'm going to for, to cover. There are some crossovers in it. Um, but, yeah. Um, it, it kind of reads better. It, it's, it looks better than it reads. For, I mean, the Marvel team-up definitely looks better than it reads. Yeah. I, I feel Burn is... I don't know. I, I couldn't... What would you pick? I'd probably pick Burn. Because, I mean, I think as a... Oh, it's tough, though. Because, actually, having reread some of Claremont's 80s X-Men recently, I really liked it. Oh, like, it's really great fun. It. I, I love it. Like, I have the whole run from the 80s. I'm just missing volume five. And I'm all the, I'll be all the way, I don't know, I have a ten year run of that. One, yeah. I'll have a ten year run of it. Uh huh. But I'd sac like with all the things that Burn would have in, in that you'd have able to read, it would be so much more vast across the the good and the bad. You'd have Namor. You could read Captain America. You could read some of the Alpha Hulk. Flight. You could read the Avengers. Pardon. Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight, exactly. Which was weird. I think that's the thing with Burn, though. Sometimes I kind of, I think I really liked it, and then I go back and read it, and I'm not sure about some of the writing. Yeah, and that there's that too. Like, it is, at some points a product of his time, and sometimes he hits it, and sometimes it's like, ugh, this was good then. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it sucks now, but it's like, this didn't age as well as this other stuff did. But you get a, a very vast majority, like a a wider range of things to read. And, and a lot of it is essential. Like Claremont's essential stuff is X-Men. But that's it also is. Burns' essential stuff. Yeah. I think you just no, get a more a more diverse buffet. Well, they've done so many Burn Omnis, which shows you how much stuff there is and how, how wanted it is. Did you read his, um, his Claremont's Fantastic Four? Oh, yeah, it was bad. It was very X-Men. I had like the tech net in it and stuff, you know, it was, there's a lot of X-Men related stuff in it. Um, it just felt like you couldn't let it go. And you think like, no, just, just do Fantastic Four. But it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't good. Like what did Claremont do after he was off X-Men? I think he did, he went to DC and he did something called Sovereign 7, I think. If I remember rightly. Right after he left X-Men? I think so. I mean, I've never... I don't know if it's any good. I don't know if it was just basically X-Men in the DC Universe. But that's what I mean. Like, how how low has had his stock suddenly dropped from being on one of the most highest-selling books ever? Granted, it was Jim Lee that people were in love with, but it was still him writing it. Yeah. That's the thing. It was him writing it for years. For and years. He was a great artist. Yeah. And it, was um, it wasn't just Jim Lee, you know. There was Sylvester, there was Arthur Adams, there was Alan Davis, Paul Smith, John Reed Jr. He's the th- um, he's the threat. Claremont's the threat. Yeah. So he deserves Should that be. credit. And but after that, 
Did he do an Avengers run that people talk about? Did he do a Iron Man run? Like, I can't... I don't know what he did after that. He ended up going... Eventually, he went back to the X-Men. But was um, it noteworthy? No, it was terrible. Right? And he did ex- Extreme X-Men, which was... Oh, it was, it was painful, man. It was It was not good. I felt... I, I bought it. I bought every issue. But it was... It hurt. And it hurt to kind of see the difference in the output, you know. And, and all those Claremontism just became the standard. It was almost like the stories were written around the Claremontisms, which was a real shame because I, I still rate his, the majority of that run, the majority of his X-Men run. And, and it's impressive because, okay, yeah, there was the X-Men and yeah, they were mutants that he was always dealing with. But he expanded the cast so much. It was like three or four different hit television shows at the mm. same time. And yeah. he really got into the, like, affected those universes. Massively. Like, the amount of characters that he brought out and, and the different branches that it would go, it's like, that's really impressive. And then the miniseries on the sides that were also noteworthy and... and the Wolverine stuff with Frank Miller and like you could go on and on. Yeah. But it was always after that, it was almost like he had no, no more inspiration to com- not compete, but like give you that feeling again. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. And that's um, why I have to pick Brian. He was at Comic Con recently and he was literally saying like, oh, tell what Marvel, we could do another X-Men book. When, what, what would you like? I'll happily come back and do it. What would you like to see X-Men versus Shadow King? And I'm thinking like, no. <laughs> Shadow King is a terrible, he, I mean, he's had his fair share of terrible villains that he seems to get, he seems to latch on to for some reason. But I just don't want to, I just, it's, it's just, it's a shame, the direction. Yeah. That happened. Can can you think of other uh, other creators who kind of had that sort of career, who were the biggest of the big, and then technically John Byrne. Yeah, because when when he took over, I mean, his Wonder Woman wasn't great at all. It was messy, especially towards the end. And then like the New Gods is okay. Like the Fourth World stuff is it's kind of okay. Um, but then he he went back to Spider Man, did Chapter One. And and it was awful, and his Spider-Man run was terrible, and his Hulk was terrible, and then he just sort of seemed to disappear, really. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He had he did have, I think, a more diverse um, catalog than Claremont yeah. did. That's yeah. The diversity of his catalog and and the impact he would make on those books was was very fun to see to to read through and revisit and it's like man there's a lot of stuff you see in these movies that come from what this guy did and he was drawing it too like yeah that's impressive but then there is that second attempt of a i don't know what he was trying to do like his second world tour and it wasn't (laughs) didn't go well he couldn't keep that band together man well, the thing is, he had that pattern by then. I think that's the problem. They both broke into patterns. And, like, John John Byrne's pattern was, was like, I'm going to pay homage to the old school stuff, show that I understand the character, and then I'm going to flip it on its head in the second chunk. Right. He did that with Fantastic Four. He did it with pretty much everything. But when he did it, he started applying it to, like, 
to Wonder Woman, then he went too far on Chapter One, Spider Man Chapter One, because right, he he rewrote the origins and he gave them all new awful costumes and it just it felt very dated. And you think like his he was the forefront. He just looked like the most modern artist for a long time. Yeah, there was a time he had his finger on the pulse, and then he never took his finger off the pulse to just give himself like take a breath now and then come back he thought he like he stayed in his pocket of a certain time that it's like hey dude this is 2000 this yeah. this isn't 88 Whereas you, you, get, you have some people that are like people like bruce jones and beer off heavily um <laughs> when he took over hulk people are going this guy's gonna be big he'd been around for years and it's like he suddenly nailed it, you know, because he was doing Kazar and stuff back in the 80s. And like, I think he even wrote stuff back in the 70s. And then he hit it big in the early 2000s. He's disappeared again. But it's funny, so it can kind of go either way. But I think like the problem with the kind of the star level people is I think if you buy too much into your own hype, um, you think like, this is what people want. This is me. You need to kind of radio head it and just, mm. I'm just going to go, I, I want to do something different now. I think maybe what well, that's what Byrne thought he was doing sometimes. Let me just go wild and say, like, hey, 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 don't go too wild. It's not that good. <laughs> I do want to read his next men though. Yeah. Yeah, that I would like to give a shot to because you clearly know it's him trying to tell the rest of his X-Men story, but at least it's him doing what he wants and you're not affecting no beloved property. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be fun to see that. Um, Probably good. Hopefully someone will collect it at some point. But I've, I've seen it about, I think Dark Horse originally did it. Ooh, Dark Horse. IDW, it again. I think. <laughs> As what? I think IDW had uh, compendium. They did, yeah. It. IDW did, did some kind of collection of Next Men not that long ago, but it's I think it's going for a lot of money now. Mm. Yeah, they were complete collections, I think they were. So you're right. All black and white, but I don't know if they were ever colored. Oh, they were all black and white? Yeah. Oh. Because he also wrote the first um, Hellboy storyline. Yeah. Like he, Which is weird. It's, it's, it's quite the catalog he's got, but then, yeah, you're right. There's a big drop-off. But he's still, uh, he's kind of become like a, I remember when he was doing his like last con tours. It was kind of a big deal. I got to go to the, the one where he came here. That was neat because you didn't see too much of him. Are you still there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry, I was I was just listening. No, oh, okay. Uh, who would you say is the the most consistent but underrated? Like they never they, they they were always in my head, and I think I'm wrong, but in my head, I feel like Peter David. Yeah. It's just expensive. Sorry, cool. No, no, go ahead. I, mean, I was, I was pretty going to say, like, they put him on a book that no one was reading and then made people read it. And, I mean, he got the Hulk from a, <clears throat> a title they were going to cancel into a top... Look, it was number six or number four in the charts every month, you know? So, but then he just seems to get forgotten. It's a, it's a weird thing. I think, like, it seems like there was a time when writers led. And it's kind of back now, but it's almost like the people looking for the next big thing, like... Kieran Gillens and the James Tinians and the um, Al Ewings and people like Pete, Peter David I think are forgotten but somehow by by a lot of the fan base but I still I'd pick a Peter David book over 
any of those people. Yeah, I would too. I would too, actually. And I feel like the... I don't know, I would trust his imagination more, like where, where he would go with it. I would just be like, yeah, he's, he knows the character. That's the thing. He really delves into the characters. Every, like, on a team book, every character is defined. Every voice is defined. He understands who they are. He understands why they're there, why they should be there. And if they had their storyline, he'll let them go in a nice, suitable way. And I don't know if, if you get this. I haven't read as much as you have, Peter David, but I've read pretty large swaths at times. He's a, he's a very opinionated guy in his views yeah. and personally, but he doesn't force that in his books. Like, I don't feel like he he's going to write both arguments in his books. I think for the most part, I never really felt like he, he did force an agenda, but I think the way that he did play it sometimes was he did it very cleverly. Cleverly. That's the yeah. thing. It was if done he wanted a, to get his point across, he would do it in quite a smart way that would make yes. you go, Oh, you're kind of right there, man. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the thing. Like he presented it in a way where it, he wasn't turning the character into what I'm going to use him for my voice box, but he would tell a story that would make you go, yeah, you got a point. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. that's, that's an art form Yeah, that I think sometimes is lost. Yeah, it does feel like that's not as prevalent nowadays. But I could be wrong about his style. But I feel he he's he's he is. We talk about him a lot more, which I think is cool because you see his things starting to circulate again to be collected and read, and it's nice to see that. Yeah, I'm glad he's getting his G. It's, it's past time. Um, I really thought we weren't going to get those Hulks on the Hulk companies and definitely not Captain Marvel. So that's great. And X Factor is coming out soon. Um, hopefully they'll finish it. And they're so, so they're so like um, sought after. Like when yeah. they happen, people are like, yeah, like that's cool. I hope it, it maybe monetarily mean it does not affecting him the way he would like, but just to know that this is the effect that you had on your, the, the readership, your stuff is still the, the things people want to buy every month. It's yeah. cool. It's got to be a neat feeling. Yeah, let's think so. Um, yeah, there are my 10 questions, dude. That's fun. I like the um, pronunciation ones. Because <laughs> I never know what they're going to be. And when I see one, I'm like, yes, I know how to actually say that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I didn't, I can't pronounce two of those, clearly, at least. Me so. neither. But that's the fun of it. Is it Havoc or Havoc? Oh, it's Havoc. That's what I say. I'll go with what the cartoons usually pronounce it as. Although, the, the only exceptions to that, of course, is uh, Charles Xavier. Anyway, it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Dave, for the, the fun the fun Wednesday night. As We record Wednesday nights. I know sometimes it's not posted Wednesday nights, but imagine it's a nice Wednesday evening with your pal. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Rate and review the show. Stay tuned for more lists countdowns or top tens for me and dave and interviews coming up as well good night everybody we will be back soon i did it yeah.